that was it wasn't scandinavian or danish or whatever it was actually a children's tv program called dota man which means whirling wheel i think i didn't know that spinning top no it means spinning top i mean i possibly knew that when i was a small child because as we chatted about last week um we could all apparently understand gaelic when we were small children well (laughs) the old english word would slip in yeah it's like, McCorse, McCorse, come on, 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 come if you're wondering what language that is it's actually our native language which is Gaelic um, yeah I think that Gaelic should be taught to Scottish children yeah. um, as soon as they start school or um, I think it should be brought back because the English tried to kill it off unfortunately yeah. I think it's like one school one school mm. in Glasgow still teaches it but that's about it oh yeah I've, I've seen it um, my sister took my niece when she was a baby to get her inoculations when she was still living in the south side uh-huh. and the Gaelic school is right next to that place in Shawlands and I was like oh that's really interesting Monica used to teach in there oh yeah cool does she speak Gaelic a little bit enough oh, to teach in the school bring her in because she's a <laughs> she teaches like uh, tech and craft and design so most of her lessons were in English but she can communicate okay. right that's so cool Oh, nice. Cody, he's fluent that we went to school with, and he oh, can speak great. Gaelic. I'm sure he's old fat in the can, I'm sure he said to me before. So random. Huh. I feel like there's only like people from the islands that can maybe still speak it. There are still a lot, there's still quite a lot of Gaelic speakers, mostly in the Highlands of Scotland, yeah. um, Far Highlands. Um, some of them only speak Gaelic, so. And they have, like, we've got Alpha, which is a BBC channel now that's just all Gaelic. But before that was in play, like, before there was more channels than the four channels that we had as children. 
Dotterman would only be like there would always be a part like a section of the day where they would just play Gaelic programs mostly for yeah. children. Oh um, my god, yeah. Dionys, do you remember Dionys? Dionys. Fireman Salmon. Postman. Yeah, well interesting enough, Donnie Dotterman, the, the singer from Dotterman. Uh, he was a voice. He really? did voices for Postman Pat and Fireman Sam. Um, oh. So I've got a wee story here that was in the, the, the national newspaper, which is the newspaper that's for in Independent Scotland, uh, the only one. And uh, there was a story that they printed in 10th of September 2015. And it says... It's, it's basically about Dotman. So Dotman, meaning spinning top, which is I never knew that until now, was a long-running Gaelic kids TV program featuring music, learning, and puppets. It was fronted by folk musician Donnie McLeod, which Yay. makes me happy because my family are McLeods on my mother's side. Uh, who, after about 400 episodes, became so synonymous with the show that audience began to refer him as the Dotman. <laughs> Yeah, that would make sense. He's, he's yeah, dog. I thought that was his name. I thought it was named after him, but obviously yeah. not. So 30 years, 30 years after grabbing his acoustic guitar for the first show, Cloud's contribution to Gaelic and children's broadcasts will be celebrated in an anniversary show on BBC Alpha. It's spelled spell A-L-B-A, so a lot of people think it's it's pronounced Alba, but it's Alpha in Gaelic. Um, so Because it's also a new political party that Alex Salmon formed. Um, so less positive but. yeah well um, due to air next month well, well it's already aired because this was 2015 the programme is among the highlights of BBC Alice's autumn schedule uh, okay McLeod wrote an original song for every single episode of Dotterman it used songs and humour to explore a child's everyday world Dotterman took the mundane and made it magical which it seemed magical to me at the time <laughs> It was really budget, like it had a low budget. It wasn't like a big studio or anything. It was basically just a woman with some puppets, and then there was Dota Man with his baseball. He had many baseball hats that he would I wear. Mean, they just had weird things on their hats. Well, there's a reason for that. So the reason he wore those hats is because he would put things on top of it so that the kids that couldn't understand Gaelic would kind of know what the program was about because whatever was on his hat was theme of Maybe that's the show. Right. We thought we knew it was yeah. Because sometimes he would have like a maybe a lighthouse on his hat, or yeah. some, I think I remember having seagulls on his hat once, <laughs> stuff like that. So you would kind of know what he was talking about. There was also puppets, uh, puppet parrots, and they were called Nelson and Napoleon. I remember uh, that. Do you remember them? Yeah, because yeah. they was counting Gaelic, and he'd be like, I don't remember the numbers anymore, but he'd like we say one, and they'd go quack. Oh, I mean, we've just sort of, I've just realised, we've just weighed right into this. Um, I mean, for those who didn't know what our topic was last week when we mentioned it, we are oh, yeah. going to be talking about, like, this week on the episode of Crystal Myth. And by the way, I didn't even introduce myself. <laughs> I'm literally that smart. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about UK kids programmes that have, I mean, mostly that have weird characters with supernatural elements to it. But Dotterman seems supernatural to me at the time because it was in a different language. And we still understood it somehow. So yeah. That's pretty supernatural. <laughs> pretty super cool. Oh. So to back to this article, Pauline and Nelson, I don't really remember them much, to be honest with you. But I know it was lampooned in Chewing the Fat, 
they used to take the piss out of it because they had sock puppets with kilts and like CU Jimmy hats and all that and they would go hola you know for to say hello and they would just make up the Gaelic language and I they would say things like oh and they would like make jokes about how they were like they found some harsh and oh, my head now whenever I think of all talking Gaelic that's what I see is those sock puppets in the my head. it's like <laughs> They go to a petrol station looking for munchies and stuff and start naming all these sweets, but it sounds like they were kind of sweet in Gaelic. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, you can watch them all on YouTube. So that was taking the piss at Dortmund. Because oh. <laughs> Dortmund was really low budget and it did have puppets like that. And to us as kids, that's probably what it sounded like. That was enough. Understand what they were talking about. They may as well have been talking about getting hash and Rizla. The other thing might be not so much that we understood Gaelic, but like having now having a child, which everyone that was why I was I was off yeah. for a bit. We should call them mythology childs. Yeah. <laughs> I'd reveal his name on the air. But yeah, I've kind of noticed that and I noticed this with my nieces and nephews as well. If a TV programme a kids TV programme is well made and has a storyline, kids tend to complain that it's boring about five seconds into it. But mm. if it's made funkily, like it's been made by an elderly Russian woman in her basement using That's a shoe, true. and it has no sense to it at all, and it's just people shouting sounds, kids love it. Because that makes more sense to them. Well, that makes more sense to me, because I, like I said in the last episode, if you if you heard it, if not, well, I'm going to say it. So I, I used to get up really early in the morning, as kids do, like 5am, and my parents had just got cable. Um, mm. I think it was like telly. I don't even think it was telly West at the time. I can't remember what it was called. And I put I put it on a random channel, and I found this weird kids program that was based some European country that had a clown, and I had no fucking idea what was going on, but I was totally obsessed with it, to so the point where I would, I would sneak out my bed every... Every time it was on at 5 a.m. just to watch it, no clue. Do you know what language it was in? Like, do you know what it was meant to be? French, German, maybe? I have no idea. I can't remember. I had no concept of languages back then. When we got cable, like, you had all, like, all the English channels. Then you had, like, almost similar channels, but in, like, French and German as well. And there'd be, like, bizarre, like, European kids programs on. But, yeah, I don't really remember what they were. So, like the Smurfs was always on in random languages as well. I don't remember the Smurfs. Remember the P, the Poddington Peas? Yes. Oh my I god. I remember the whole song to the Poddington Peas. I sing it then. Some peas. Oh well, down, down at, the at the bottom, bottom of, the garden, of the garden, among the birds and the birds bees, bees, a little lot of little people. people. They're called the Poddington, Poddington Peas. There's creepy black eyed pea and long pea. Oh, Keep it a secret now, please. <laughs> A little lot of little people. I got the Paddington peas. Yeah, that's like in my head. His legs and brain has been there forever since I was a child. Sometimes I'm just like doing the dishes and it will just pop into my head. And I'm like, why is the theme tune to the Paddington peas, including naming several of the Paddington peas, just <laughs> certainly popped into my head? It was like the best theme tune ever. Like it was so good. Like I'll it was just very happy. Because when I was at my grand's, when I used to live at 13 Craig Terrace in Leeds, they had they had a jigsaw with the Poddington peas on it, and I just thought it was really weird <laughs> that those that were sentient. 
But yeah, and then later on I find out the theme tune, I guess, um, yeah, I watched that. And what was the other one that I found really weird, which was kind of racist now that I think about it? It was, a, it was an American, I think it was an American show called oh. The California Reasons. Well, and they were was basically racist, wasn't it? I don't remember that. <laughs> well, to me, they were just reasons that could sing and dance. But like, now that I'm an adult, I realise that they're actually based on like Motown black singers. Uh, was that maybe meant to be for like black children? And yeah, and I was just thinking exactly that as you said that. Yeah, I was like, I stopped watching it when I got old enough because I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this. It's racist. But now that I'm saying that, like, was it racist or did I just decide it was racist as a child yeah. because it had lots of black characters in it and nothing really did? So I just maybe assumed it was racist. Well, I thought it was one of those programs that, you know, like Banana Man, where it's just a, a front for getting kids to, you know, or Popeye, it's the front for getting kids to eat vegetables and fruit oh and eat raisins yeah uh, maybe i don't know but also i don't think kids think about stuff this much actually it worked on me because i demanded that i i really wanted some raisins after watching that so i'm clearly gullible to adverts to be fair i used to eat raisins when i was wee but i don't anymore because i think they're gross but um i do as well <laughs> well yeah i hate sultanas as well yeah I think they're opposite effect <laughs> oh my god Sorry, I'm just Googling is California Raisins racist while we're having this question. <laughs> yeah, there was that episode in South Park, well, just to show how much kids don't see race, where they're going on about like the, um, the school's flag and they're saying, oh, we need to change it because it's really offensive. And they have to all like design their own flag because their flag is basically like this guy being hung, so it's quite offensive. Is it? Oh, <laughs> I don't know why it's that flag. So then they make this new flag and I can't remember what they do, but in the end, like the um, the teacher was like, "Oh no, it was it was racist because the guy getting hung was black." And they were like, "Oh, we didn't even notice that he was black. We just thought it was a shame that he was being hung." And I was like, "I don't think kids notice stuff like that, like at all." Um, I think it's called Chef Goes. Is it Chef Goes Nanners? I think it might be that one. Maybe Chef is Chef. He wants the racist flag changed. Absolutely. I'm just looking this up on. Yeah, it's racist because it was a black guy getting hung and everyone else didn't realise that that's what the issue, or the kids didn't realise that's what the issue was because they didn't really see that it was black or white or anything. They just saw it was a shame that it was a wee guy getting hung. But. So the South Park flag depicts four white figures hanging a black one on a gallows. Fucking <laughs> hell. Inciting Chef's indignation and leads him to believe that the whole town is racist. Well, <laughs> you <laughs> If that's well, like Dean Cartman lead decides it wants to change it, but Stan and Kyle want to keep the flag the same. But Cartman only volunteers to irritate Wendy because we all know Cartman's a bastard. So, yeah, I don't know what the that's what quite. The, he and the rest of the adults discovered that the children had not even perceived the flag as racist. Yeah. They saw the flag as a man being hanged without registering his colour, and had instead thought that the issue at hand was capital punishment. Yeah. Chef is touched by this and while still acknowledging he thinks the flag should be changed, he admits that when he believed the whole time was racist and threw the slur cracker around, he <laughs> was the one being racist. Basically, yeah. Me and I give him <laughs> Oh, that was such a good episode as well. I don't remember watching that. I'm going to have to go back and see it. Oh, there's a picture of it. Oh, yeah, that... <laughs> I can't believe that that's her flag, though. That's so funny. Yeah, so before it was just four white people with their hands in the air with a black person hanging, and then they changed it to a white, a yellow, yeah, black person hanging, all holding hands, red and 
<laughs> so they're all hanging them together. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh man. I love Sorry, while you guys were discussing the admittedly hilarious South Park episode and yeah. I enjoyed the solution at the end. <laughs> I was uh, deep diving into the California raisins. Apparently you know, racist, but I've, I've fallen it's into not. the white person trap of it says a lot of white people assumed it was racist. Ah. But yeah, it's basically for what I'm saying that admittedly the what's that podcast called yo what? is that is this racist so the yo is this racist podcast oh. and decided that it wasn't racist but it was quote really fucking weird um, <laughs> which means, and then there's a whole other article that i was just reading there about how a lot of white people assumed it was racist for exactly the reason that i was like is that why i did it yeah. because there wasn't a lot of black content on tv back then and if there was because it was the early 80s it tended to be racist so because That's- the majority of characters were implied to be black but were played by raisins that obviously seemed racist but actually it was created by the show was created by people from Motown Records and the voices of all of the raisins were voiced by black oh, right. actors and oh, I thought you were going to say any. Motown artists um, yeah. cool see if you saw it today would you still assume it was racist um I don't think it would ever get made today to be fair Really? But why? Yeah. I just... I, think no, I don't think, think it was racist, because I feel like the issue was that I watched it when I was wee, and then I think I was maybe about 12 when I turned into like a little mini social justice warrior, and I think <laughs> I just decided it was racist. Discovering <laughs> racism? About. I basically decided it was racist because it had a majority black cast, which means that I was being racist. Yeah, like, Chef. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was the one that was being racist. I, I am Chef. Well, I don't know. I just I liked it because I thought it was really weird, and I just liked the songs, and I, I thought they were. I, I just liked the weird shit, it's like how weird it was, and I generally wanted some raisins after it. So like, <laughs> it works on me that whole gullible belly. I don't remember it at all. I don't remember watching this. Subliminal messages messages work on me. The <laughs> was this racist podcast is right that I'm like okay. People who are better skilled than I am to discuss this have said that it's definitely not racist. That's a misreading on my part. That's fine, but it is slightly odd that all the black. Should we do a campaign to bring back California raisins? (laughs) Bring them back. Bring them back. Just surreal. Yeah, they just sound a bit strange. But yeah, so I I suppose if you replaced all the white characters in a show with talking carrots, I probably wouldn't assume that was racist. So. Because so, they're orange. But they're orange. Yeah, they're on the uh, what would, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to think of other fruits that might be racist now. <laughs> oh, God. Watermelon. If you replaced all Asian people in a show with Brussels sprouts, would that be racist? No. I, don't know. I think. Yeah. I, we, what would what fruit would represent Asians? I feel like if we pick fruits to represent people, that might be racist. <laughs> Deliberately to go find a fruit and go, oh, this represents Asians. I think that's when you're going into racist territory. (laughs) (laughs) But then when you think about California raisins, the raisins you get you get Californian raisins. That's why I wanted my mum to buy me them because of that because they literally are California raisins you can eat. It's like that M and M's advert. Like, why is an M and M fucking a woman? I don't know. And these pals watching from a cupboard. What's I that? I'd so wrong and so creepy, and I don't understand. 
Did you see that, you know, the, this is going to sound, I went to say it as though they were real. I'm still going to say it as though they were real, but people listening, I know they're not real. So, you know, the, the female M&M that they brought in, that the two male M&Ms are basically like, sex, I don't know if like sexually harassing. Like for her. Yeah. Was she brown? Yeah, she, yeah, she's the chalk, well, the brown coated <laughs> M&M. But for, for Pride this year, she came out as a uh, queer and has a lesbian girlfriend who's a green M&M. Why? What? Yeah, they had a whole like campaign of she's the, like officially come out as a, a queer non-binary person with a lesbian girlfriend and her girlfriend's it's a chocolate. Who's chocolate? Yeah, it's chocolate on the inside, crunchy and green on the outside. Lovely. Charlie. I don't know why I said that in a tone as if like like all she, lesbians. Yeah, obviously all queer. Only that Pride Month or something. <laughs> Throw out green M and M's during the Pride Parade. But I know this sounds really odd to say about a green M&M, but her girlfriend was kind of hot. She had, like, strict librarian <laughs> vibes. Do you fancy was... the, what is it, the green M&M or her girlfriend? And Yasmin fancies the, the Cadbury's chocolate caramel oh, bunny. bunny. Yeah. The bunny's yeah. hot, but M&M's are not hot. Like, that's just weird. No, no. Yes, I agree with you that M&M's aren't hot. However, <laughs> the brown non-binary M&M's girlfriend is hot. <laughs> Say if there's a picture and I'll decide. Okay. <laughs> I think the world has gone mad. Like, this is just insane. Now. You didn't have any of that weirdness when, well, it was weird when we were kids. Like, I think. But to us, it probably wasn't weird. It was just something cool to watch. It was entertaining. Like, I used to watch a show where it was a giant caterpillar monster thing that grew, I think he was called Green Fingers or something, and he grew magic plants. And I generally believed that you could grow plants for anything you wanted, like with tiny little shoes or if you needed a knife and fork, just grow a plant. You plant a seed and it will grow cutlery for you or whatever you need. Both him and Banana Man, by the way, are on my list for later of uh, weird, supernaturally powered creatures that uh, are apparently children's TV shows. But yeah, I loved that show when I was wee as well for exactly the same reason. I I was like, oh, that's amazing. You can plant a Christmas bottle and then you get a Christmas tree. Yes. Not actually how that works. Like how you Why can not? plant a nice seed and it'll grow into weed. That's that, magic. I mean, that does happen. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that does happen. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dreams do come true. <laughs> yeah, well, the only kids program that I really looked into, because I don't know whether I used to like this or not when I was a kid, there was a lot of cast changes it, and it had a Just before you say what it is, Leslie, what? I'm just going to send you the M&Ms. I got okay. them muddled up, so it's actually the brown M&M that I fancy. I feel like Yaz will fancy the green M&M. So I've sent you a picture of them on holiday. Fancy chocolate. <laughs> Except okay, for the chocolate. Oh, oh my God. You actually weren't kidding there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is the purpose of this? Yeah, wait, hold on. Why have they got white legs and arms? I don't know. That's a very good point. Mm. Yeah, that is strange. I do like her knee high boots. They're quite hot. Yeah, the boots. No, I think they're socks. Are they? Are they knee high boots? Maybe they are. No, I think they're knee high boots yeah. with like a little clasp. She's got gloves on. Oh, yeah, sorry. So it's the brown M and M that I fancy. She's very stern. Um, but the green M M&M, and M, totally your type. To be honest, the green M and M's more my thing. She's more foxy, isn't she? Yeah, cheeky. <laughs> this is just like not pervy. It's weird. This is turning into the pervy cartoon shit special again. <laughs> This has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> Listeners, contact us and let us know which of the uh, four M&Ms you would fuck, red, <laughs> yeah, green or brown. Or would you watch them from a cupboard fuck someone else? You're like, why the hell is he in the cupboard watching them? Like, it's 
so weird. It's so disgusting. He's supposed to be on the lookout for her husband coming home, but he's actually having a bit of a, probably having a wee, he's too busy whacking in the cupboard watching them to notice that he'd come home early. How could they be I background stories and gender identities <laughs> for the other M&Ms as well. That could be a new Brilliant Kids TV show. Just all of the M&Ms cutting about living their lives. Obviously red and yellow are a bit pathetic, but being <laughs> in Brown's home. But then how fucked up was the Smurfs? Because they were all male and then Gargamel created female. Yeah. And then basically that was the only girl that they had in their community. So they must have all yeah. took her. Even as a, in a story, I used to always think that. I was like, how come there's only one girl one? And like, where do babies come from? <laughs> because they never, they never had, they were a patriarchal society. They never had females before Gargamel. She technically isn't even a proper smurf. He, he was, she was just a creation of Gargamel, Gargamel, the wizard guy. To, I didn't know that. I didn't as, a, as a mole to infiltrate the, the smurfs and get them all, I don't know, lost. Gangbound and kept it. <laughs> yes. If the lesbian and non-binary M&M used <laughs> the red M&M's sperm as a sperm donor. I don't even want to think about M&M's having sperm, Mark. That's... <laughs> yeah, I feel a bit sick This is just to be about children's programmes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but this is my dream children's programme. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. What program were you going to talk about, Leslie? That isn't me talking about Eminem's fashion. Right. Well, it was a pun name, so I don't know if you remember this, but it was a program called Mike and Angelo. Yes. I did. So when you sent it in the chat, I thought I used to watch this, but I don't know what it is. If that yeah, makes like I remember watching it, but I don't remember what it was. It, it, apparently, it's actually the, one of the longest-running sitcoms in ITV's history. Is it? Finally, yeah, I was surprised to hear that. I thought it would be the chocolate wrap. I'm going to Google it and see if the image rings a bell. It's kind of like a Doctor Who for kids, in a way, which I never really thought of it that way. Well, yeah, I this this is actually weird because he's a wee boy, and then the the yes, the even when I was a child, I thought that was weird. Okay, yeah. so it annoys me for the start that they've used a pun name Michelangelo, as in the artist Michelangelo. And they named the characters Mike and Angelo a bit like like having characters called Salt and Vinegar or what was that Tom Cruise movie <laughs> with him and Captain? Where famously he no. was called and his best friend was called Tail. <laughs> night and Day, that was it. He was called Night and she was called Day or some bullshit. Yeah. Like you know, one of those corny things. But then when I looked into it, it was actually like the writer said that what inspired them was the Michelangelo's painting of um, God touching Adam or like, you know, E.T. touching right. alien, you know, that image with the finger oh. touching them. Well, he's and, like the alien that's came to help him. Well, initially he was supposed to be an angel. Um, that's why he was called Angelo. So oh. it was about, so oh. what, what it was about is it was about a, a divorced mum who came from Boston, USA, to London with her son. Mike and the she buys a house in London and it's a bit like old it needs a lot of work or whatever and then there's like an old wardrobe that's in there and he's like the son's raging because he's not happy it started off as a drama actually it wasn't supposed to be like a an out and out zany comedy it was more of a a, a dramedy so to speak so he then feels lonely and isolated and he doesn't want to be there doesn't want to be like in London because he doesn't know anything about it and then it's just a really weird scene so 
how he first meets Angelo is goes upstairs and uh, the wardrobe starts shaking really like like really loud like really vigorously and his mum can hear it downstairs but she thinks she's going off in a huff hmm. and he's making all that noise because he's in a, in a puff but I'm thinking it sounds like he's having a prank or something like, <laughs> it's, yeah like because one of the neighbours comes round, this girl, and she's like, oh, I've come to give him a scrapbook. And the mum goes, no, no, I wouldn't go up there just yet. Just give it a few minutes. Because you can hear those. Hang inside of the wall. Everything we watched as children just wrong. I know. And then he just suddenly, the wardrobe bursts open and there's all this light. And then <laughs> there's this man walking around the ceiling going, don't hit me, don't hit me. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to hit you. And then he jumps, he's like, get down here. He jumps down and he falls on top of the boy. And he then, it's really awkward. He's like, eh, get off me. And then he just disappears. And then he disappears again, walking on the ceiling. And and it turns out he doesn't know who he is. Because he's like, who are you? And he's like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I just came from this wardrobe. I, I have no idea. And he's like, oh my God, you're real. You're, he's touching his ears and his head. And he's like, you're actually a real person. What are you? Who are you? So Angela doesn't know who he is. He's no idea. I'm really hooked by the drama there, but then when he, yeah. said, then he goes, oh, you're real, I thought, well, yeah, if a man came out of my wardrobe, my immediate thought wouldn't be, I imagine he's a hologram. I would assume he'd be a <laughs> Yeah, but would you not be a bit disturbed if a fully grown man was on top of you and you don't know what was going on and he just came out your wardrobe? Just a bit, um, yeah. I would be nowadays, yeah, in yeah. her mid-twenties, maybe not. Might have been fun, but no. <laughs> so then later on, he decides to stay because he wants to know more about this guy, this Angelo guy. So he's like, oh, no, I'm, his, his mum's like, oh, well, let's just go back to America. It's going to be expensive and everything. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll, 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 I'll stay now. And he's like hiding a bit of pizza to bring up, give to Angelo. And then it basically just ends with him going up the stairs, talking to Angelo again, and his mum bursts in on him. <laughs> Some metaphor. His mum bursts in on him and he pushes Angelo and the pizza into the wardrobe and uh, his mum and then pretends to read a book and his mum's like, "Oh, I'm, you're such a good boy. Thanks for being really supportive and wanting to stay." And then she leaves and then he opens the wardrobe and Angelo's got pizza all over his face and that's how it ends. But it turns out that Angelo initially was supposed to be like an angel to help him cope with being lonely in London and that, but then it changed to him being like a being from another dimension that's why he can walk up and down upside down on ceilings and things and he's seemingly got magical powers and he's from a planet called Petarg. he's called i don't know where they got well obviously they got the name angelo because he was supposed to be an angel and it it, it sounds like mike and angelo so every time they're like the original mike eventually left then they brought back in they brought back they brought in a new mike who was like the original Mike's mum's nephew and then when he left they brought in a girl who was next door who was called Mikey and then when she left just everyone has to have the same name as Mike basically otherwise it wouldn't work it would just be and Angelo wouldn't it because it it almost sounds like he's basically his like imaginary friend but then changing that's the weird thing he never left the house he never ever left the house ever him and the mum get together or is that just in my mind no, the mum eventually finds out that he exists because he's like, well, you can't stay here. I can't have a grown man just living in our house. Yeah. Like, what are you? What are we going to do with you? So he tries to keep him secret at first, but then eventually, like, the mum finds him and just accepts it and lets, lets him stay there because he can't go anywhere else, apparently. He says, I've got nowhere else to go. But they never, ever leave the house. 
And after the the original actor who played Angelo left the show after what two years and then replaced he was replaced with the second Angelo. And I remember as a kid noticing this and being outraged that they changed the actor. Because I was like, how, what, and the reason they, the way they explained it is this is where they ripped off Doctor Who. So Angelo, there's an episode where Angelo got sick and he got more and more sick until he died. And then he regenerated into the new Angelo. And that's how they explained the change of cast. Oh, that, yeah. It's I really like just time lord then. Basically, he might be. Because he's so got a wardrobe that's sort of like a, ta- well, he came from a wardrobe that may have been like, a TARDIS? Yeah, because TARDISes can take on the form of anything, can't they? I think so. But he didn't He didn't remember where he came from. He had no memories or anything like that or how he ended up in the wardrobe and then how it travelled to this boy's house and why he can never leave the house for some reason. He just doesn't ever yeah, leave. It's weird that Kelly does. And it, it finished in two, the year 2000, so it started in 1989 and finished in the year 2000, so it's the longest running children's sitcom of yes. ITV's um, history, and it just, they didn't ever give it like any, any kind of conclusion, it was just no explanation about what happened to Angelo afterwards or anything, like, did he just, is he stuck there now, just walking on the mm-hmm. ceiling, like, who knows? See, my big brother, when we were kids, he had an imaginary friend that was yeah. just in the house, and he used to stand on the ceiling. He would always be he'd talking, be talking to him. He was on the ceiling. Oh my God, is it Angelo? <laughs> he was only ever in his bedroom as well. He's in his room, usually sat in the ceiling. That's quite weird. Maybe he watched Mike and Angelo and decided that he wanted an Angelo for himself. Maybe because we did watch it when we were little, but yeah. I don't. He used to juggle as well. That's another thing I really hate is jugglers. And he used to juggle while upside down. Because at first Angelo wasn't that wacky, but then throughout the series he got more and more ridiculous. And he would come up with these mad inventions and then he would eventually bring in like historical figures into the show. And then the, the boy's mum or auntie eventually left and he was she she was replaced by a Scottish woman called Katie. And that annoyed me as well when they brought her in because I was like, who the fuck is she? And she was always angry. She was always shouting, Angela! No, sorry, that wasn't sense. Yeah, that was it. Mike and Angela was a weird, weird programme. How did the family dynamic work there then? So if the mum... See, this is what I don't understand. The mum left. I don't know where she went, but she left her house in the hands of uh, this Kate. Yeah, she was a housekeeper, so she was just replaced... Is the mother figure basically the guy who played Angelo married her sister, which yeah. is funny. But eventually, like when the nephew Mike left, he was like, so they replaced the original Mike with a little blonde boy because he wanted them to look a bit like Macaulay Culkin because in the nineties it was you know like Home Alone was popular yeah. back then, so they replaced him with a little blonde boy. And it eventually, towards it, like the last season, they brought in like Mike went back to America or some shit, or he grew up, and then they brought in Kate's nephew, who just happened to be called Mike as well, but he was more of a street man, a street man, like he he was uh, so to so that Angela was more and more the the goofy one, and the the new Mike, the last Mike, was just like a street a street man to his idiot and um sadly the actor that played the last michael michelangelo died at the age of 30 oh. he's younger than us actually i think yeah. Yeah. yeah do you remember watching that and what were you what were your thoughts on michelangelo i don't know like i only have very vague memories of it like i must have watched it i remember watching it but i don't really i feel like maybe 
I feel like maybe Paul watched it and maybe I found it annoying. I think at first I really liked it and then they changed the the Angelo to a more goofy guy and that's yeah. when I got annoyed. And I, I just thought Angelo I strongly disliked. Yeah, and I thought to myself, why the fuck is this boy hanging around with a bat giant man baby? Like he's a grown man. What the I, hell? Yeah. That's what I remember from it, thinking why the <laughs> boy hanging about the grown man this before I knew what Peter Pettering was, I was a bit like it's just a bit wrong, but I don't know why it's wrong. But yeah. The authorities no. would be coming round to that house going, oh. Why is this man in your house? And why is he not got a job? And why is he just hanging around? In your son's bedroom. Like putting rent free. Well, what is happening here? And he doesn't seem to age as well. So maybe he is a time lord because he lives a long time and he regenerates. Oh, but he's just a lazy time lord that, that just wants to live off someone's someone's hospitality. <laughs> doesn't ever leave. Modern Doctor Who. They've yeah. brought back, obviously, the Doctor and they've yeah. brought back the Master. But they've never uh-huh. brought back the Rani, who's like the evil female time lord. She's like the lady version of the Master. But obviously... Oh. Back as Messi. Messi, yeah. My head canon for Mike and Angelo would be that the Rani regenerated as an arsehole in a cupboard <laughs> and that it is a Doctor Who spell. Yeah, maybe he did. And he's just decided he's got it good, so he just stays there. <laughs> so disturbing. these kids. Yeah. Putting that on the nah, I don't like that one list, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well that's what we've got to um about the kids' programmes, apart from that, and Dot Man. Oh, yeah. Andy McCune, our, our, one of our listeners who regularly comments, brought up, and I'd never heard of this, but apparently it did. It, it, I know it sounds it's an American show, but it did play in the UK in the BBC, and it's called... <laughs> I sent you the YouTube video of it, and it's it's so wrong. Like, this would never get made today. It's fucked up. It's like someone having cameras in, in like, a women's changing yeah. room or something. Like... <laughs> Bailey Kipper's POV, which stands for point of view. And it's about this kid that has all this, like, he's invented all these cameras called eye, eye cams. Like, they look like eyeballs, and he's hidden them all throughout his house. So he's, like, watching his entire family. Like, he's watching his, he's probably watching his, his sister in the fucking shower or whatever. Like, he's watching his parents get changed and, like, what the hell? He's spying on his invasion. He's actually invading their privacy without their consent. And then he, he edits things so that it looks funnier or whatever to his own storyline, whatever's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I watched that, but see, like, when you said that earlier on, it it, it looks familiar. Does it? I've never seen. There's something about it that's familiar, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's episodes on YouTube, and there's one where he goes through puberty. I think Andy said there was one about how his teacher fancies her or something, and then I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out she hates kids, and she doesn't want to be a teacher, and she doesn't like children or something like that. I don't know. It sounds weird. That's (laughs) interesting. Do you remember watching? Okay, this I actually did think it was weird, but I don't think it's as weird compared to the stuff you just brought up, Leslie. Okay. Um, Did you just remember watching Zap? And it was again a comic book that would come to life. That was like really weird, fucked up things in it. I loved that show because of that. Because I would run home from school, so I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, like I I remember thinking it was weird, but absolutely loved it because you never knew what was going to happen. Daisy dear, I loved her. She had black hair. Maybe I fancied her a bit. I don't know. She was such a fanny. (laughs) 
And then there was like the artist guy, wasn't there? And there was a hands. Uh, and it, nobody spoke in it. It was all yeah. just music. So I didn't realise this till I was just reading up on it, that it was actually designed to make sure it's inclusive for deaf children. Oh, well, that that's oh. good, yeah. And I think that's why it appeared a bit weird, because nobody ever spoke in it, like you say. It was all, basically, it was like this big news uh, magazine, like a comic book, and it would go to the different, like, sketch shows. But yeah, it was all like they would all just I think be that's like maybe what, or moving their hands and stuff. And I, I think that's know. what gave it the creepy factor for me yeah. is that it was kind of quiet. Ever spoke? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if they did talk, it would be very like oh yeah uh-huh. like mr bean so what's his face that guy oh the guy that i had done this sort of thing i didn't actually like any of the characters but i like really? what's in the show because they were all <laughs> neil <laughs> buchanan i didn't know this neil buchanan from art was one of them he's I the i only found that out today as well that smart art was neil buchanan yeah good but yeah cuthbert lily he was basically mr bean and i just i couldn't deal with him he was just so <laughs> Fucking stupid and annoying. What did he do? I can't remember him. Doing like really stupid things, like proper like slapstick kind of comedy, where he'd be like, mm. say, he'd go to the library, take some books in, he'd get his hand stamped instead of the books, or he'd drop books. Or I no. remember this one scene that used to annoy the crap out of me because Why it, did you like, watch it? <laughs> like I remember watching this episode so much because I hate slapstick comedy where it's like <gasps> you keep doing the same thing over and over again, and you're just like stop it and like you kept like putting a book on a shelf and pushing it in and then it would come out the other side and then the librarian would put the one on the other side back in which would push his out so he would pick <laughs> and put his in it would knock them on the other side and they would do this over and over again and i'm like he's just stop it now like what <laughs> <I love laughs> yeah he's very mr bean and yeah there was what's her face da- daisy dear yeah and she would always like dare kids to do stuff oh yeah like, play games and watch them if, if they won she would get really pissed off but if they oh, lost, she won like, she'd cheering. love it yeah oh she was so annoying and they had like the gloved hands as well that they would like do be like oh, what were they called um they were just called the hands they just the hands i think they yeah. were they were like silky gloves oh uh-huh. they creeped me out yeah, mm-hmm. I found all of it just a bit creepy and a bit uncomfortable, but I really enjoyed it. Honestly, watching. I actually think in the war of the children's TV shows in the mornings or the afternoons, I think ITV would CITV would win in my yeah. eyes. I always think that CITV was the better channel for kids programs, yeah, as opposed to BBC, which was a bit more kind of I don't know middle. Yeah, basically a bit. Yeah, definitely was middle class. Um, uh-huh. yeah, I loved watching that, and it was just because Woof. Aren't you going to talk about that, Mark? Oh, yeah, Woof yeah, was also. I'd say it was a golden age of children's TV. Um, yeah. CITV in the nineties and the late eighties, and because I remember watching Woof, and that was fucking weird. Like I used to get really uncomfortable when dog. he was when he was naked. Oh yeah, because he turned into a dog and he turned back. He didn't have no clothes on. Yeah. Which, Sense exactly, I was going to say it did make sense though. I feel like in other kids' things, when they have wear creatures, they like are the money morphs. It's like their clothes and everything change with them, and it's like yeah, well, and that, that also annoys me. Where the, it's also ginger, which was made it doubly disturbing. <laughs> he was a naked ginger boy. He was ginger, wasn't he? I wasn't just yeah, I think that. he was ginger. Yeah. I remember him being a dog, but I don't remember him being a child really. Yeah, and I think he changed the actor. For yeah, with eventually. Yeah. I suppose you have to because eventually kids grow up, so you yeah. don't want a grown man naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so tell us about Whiff. Well, yeah, so I kind of made a wee list of how many kids' TV shows were on when we were younger that were about weird supernatural beings or people who got weird supernatural powers. Because mm-hmm. I put down, like, so Whiff, which is what you were just talking about, where the boy in it, Eric, has the power to shapeshift into a dog. Yeah, it was really good. Did, it, did they ever explain how he managed to get that power? Or was it just, that was it, he was just a dog? I don't remember. I don't ever remember there being, because episode one, I'm sure in the very first episode, which I, I played a little bit of to myself earlier um, when I was prepping for this, in the very first episode, I'm sure he just turns into a dog. Two sex. while I'm making this list, I'm also going to go on Wikipedia and see okay. how he got his dog power. Because... <laughs> I think it's just like, and I think that's. Is it maybe that, like he reached a certain age and that's when his dog powers trigger? But even that Harry Potter, make any sense? Like I think that like although to be fair, some of them on the list they do. There's an explanation of how they get their powers, but it's not really a hmm. logical explanation. So like one of the other ones I put down were, was the Queen's nose. Oh, I remember that. God, I still yeah. love that. Like so. so. Yeah, but she's basically got godlike powers. She can alter one thing about reality each and every day. There's Bernard's watch. Yeah. That's another one I've got on it. Like, if the girl, or if what's her name? Harmony. Harmony Melody. Yeah, so if Harmony from the Queen's Nose and Bernard from Bernard's watch got together, they'd be like the most powerful (laughs) supernatural beings of all time. Because Bernard could stop time with his watch. Yeah. Yeah. Was the story of Bernard's watch not like it was his grandfather's watch and repaired it and then he realised it could stop time? Which is like explanation and then same with the queen's i always thought he would use it for evil and well, the queen knows it, like to fight crime actually maybe in my mind when i was watching it as a kid i thought if i had that watch i would use it for evil oh my god do you know i'm just looking at a picture of woof and the wee ginger boy like you said does actually look like ron weasley <laughs> or ron howard <laughs> um oh my god yeah if like these people all got together they would be like proper super villains and with what was the queen's like, nose did she rub it and she got a wish or something. Yeah. Did she make things yeah, and Every day, was every 24 hours it renewed, you would rub the Queen's nose on the coin and you could have one wish. So she could basically alter any aspect of reality. They're not always go She's on. like the Thanos of children's TV. But would they not like, would the wishes not go like wrong? Or they... Yeah, but it wasn't like a monkey's paw like going wrong. It was like she'd get really angry with her sister and be like, I wish you had no mouth. And then we'd be like, oh Christ, I wish my sister had no mouth. Yeah. Like, wackiness ensues how will she fix it but, I like it. all the wishes always like had a lesson at the end i like or horrible to your sister you know yeah yeah oh, I then, it was that. the same thing as bernard's watch because the way that she got her superhuman power was because her oh uncle oh. shows up so in the first episode her mum's like your uncle i can't remember what his name is and he's like a really like her uncle's exceptionally camp so in my head his name's like uncle <laughs> Uncle Gay, her uncle, Uncle Gay, or Super Gay, Uncle, Uncle, uncle Gay. Gaylord, her mum's brother. Yeah, so he shows up and she's like, "Oh, I'm so excited!" And she's like, "Uncle Gaylord's my favourite uncle." And then the episode, in the episode, he has the magic fifty pence and he uses it to alter reality. And then he gives her it as a gift. And then he's basically like, "Oh, I'm off to continue my travels of the world," but he doesn't explain it. So again, she gets this like godlike power. But the explanation makes no sense because the explanation is just because my uncle had a coin with a magic nose that can alter reality and he gave it to me. <laughs> I just Googled with I'm right. So I was like, well, I watched the first episode and then it said, as the series progresses, Eric, the boy with the ability to turn into a dog, begins to suspect that his ability to turn into a dog might be something to do with adrenaline, where other people release adrenaline and get fight or flight. He believes he turns into a dog. <laughs> That's not an explanation. 
Yeah, but that's what he believes, but that's not actually necessarily why. No, we've never, what? there never seems to be any going through all the series. Yeah. So there's not an explanation in the final. So it's never explained. So is it like the Hulk situation? So when he gets stressed, he turns into a dog? But that's what it sounds like Hulk, to me. We know why when the Hulk gets angry, he turns into the Hulk. Whereas with that, it doesn't, there's no, and this is what I thought was interesting. Like so many kids TV shows, the premise doesn't have any explanation no. behind it. I came to you guys and I was like, let's make a show. It's about a girl and she wakes up one day and she can spray lava out of her mouth. Or arse, like, that's what you were going to say. No why to that. Let's just roll with it. Even like Green Claws, when you brought Green Claws oh, up. Oh, Green Claws. But all the other characters in Green Claws are human. Green Claws is some sort of weird ogre. There's no explanation of living in a human village. I thought it was a he's, caterpillar. Maybe he is a caterpillar, but if he is, he's a very large caterpillar. Yeah, and again, there's no, nobody at any point in any of the episodes is like, here, why the fuck is your pal some sort of giant green monster? And why did you just take my <laughs> earring, plant it in the ground, and now an earring tree is growing? Like, this makes no sense. People are just like, oh, wow, thank you, Green Claws. Like, what? <laughs> I think I only watched this once and never again because it's terrifying. Yeah, but like, I it is quite scary if you if you're that way inclined, but like I just thought it was so weird. I just love the concept of being able to plant something and it grows to whatever you want. Like oh, I, I want some Maltesers. Oh, here's a Malteser seed. And then it's a Malteser tree. But you can as long as it has some sort of vague explanation to it. Even yeah. when you said Banana Man earlier as well, he was on my list too because the oh. explanation is just when Eric eats a banana, like. No. Turns into a fully grown man. It's basically Shazam, but he's like Shazam, banana. but with bananas. Yeah. But again, in Shazam, it's like he gets his powers from a wizard that was the wizard Shazam that passes the powers mm-hmm. on to people because he drew the powers of different gods and blah de blah de blah. And Banana Man, it's just like no, it's just a <laughs> <piece of> banana. <laughs> like banana we're going to get lost here. Banana Man was also one that made me feel uncomfortable as a child without really understanding that there was something wrong with it. Because see, when he it was a wee boy, the banana mm-hmm. became a man. And then, was there not something weird with him and the reporter woman? Yeah. yeah I remember the was that not really wrong? Because he's a wee boy. It's like it big, isn't it? understand that that's not right. I think we've discussed this before because this led me into the movie Big where, you know, oh. Tom Cruise is, not Tom Cruise, fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks is like, um, a, a plays, he, he plays the adult version of the 13-year-old boy that wishes he was right. big. And then he bangs an actual 30-year-old woman. Yeah. Is that not wrong? Because yeah. he's still like, mentally a child. Yes! <laughs> and just, just not right. Like, really. Um, yes, I think watching Banana Man as a child without understanding these things, I still got the feeling that there was something wrong with it, but I didn't know what, really. And it just, yeah. But Banana Man never sat right. Like that. That's why they don't have any explanations, because there's no need for one, because you just accept it as it is, as a gullible child. But that's the thing, as a child, I still thought there was something wrong with it. But I just didn't know what was wrong with it. And also, as a child, okay, not as a tiny, tiny child, but I think by the time you reach about, like, children start asking why to everything when they mm. turn about. So the fact that none of these shows have any explanation as to why of anything, it's like, and again, it doesn't need to be a big explanation. Like, some comic books, it's just like, he got exposed to gamma radiation. Like, okay, that doesn't really make yeah. any sense, but it's better. Yeah, that's, that's total sense. Fair enough. <laughs> Exactly. There's an explanation. Because uncle, because banana. Like. The, the show that used to absolutely fucking terrify me was Rosie and Jim. Oh my god, um, that's on my list of things. Yeah. I fucking, love Rosie and Jim. No, no, they were at, that was a horror show to me because obviously because my parents 
exposed me to the movie, the movie, the movie Child's Play when I was five. So I developed a severe phobia of any doll that comes to life, and obviously, like they're scary gypsy dolls that live on a on a barge, and they actually do look really scary. They're like knitted dolls. Yeah. And they basically, anytime the lock keeper fucks off out the boat, they basically come to life and move about. But it's not CG or Weirdly, I had them on my list as well because I had them, <laughs> Super Ted, and the Raggy Dogs because they're all children's yeah, they TV scary as well. at the same time about stuffed creatures that, that secretly come to life. <laughs> The raggy dolls were fucking terrifying as well, but that was a cartoon, so it wasn't as bad. There's also but there's no real explanation for them either, because even the raggy dolls offer some big. Ex- is Super Ted not like Stardust fell on a teddy, and then it had the ability to secretly come to life? Yeah. And then the raggy dolls is like in the factory where the. No, so they were in the reject bin. Yeah, a compound fell in the reject bin. Like what oh. compound? Sad sack was well, the most the same terrifying. As, like, the same as like the turtles turning into the super Nintendo. So that, that I could get, like their mutations, their mutated things, but yeah. the thought of dolls coming to life, it was just too much for me. Yeah, like what sort of chemical gives a doll a soul? Plus they're, they're, mu- they're fucked up dolls that nobody wanted as well, so... I wanted them. No, one of them had like, her arms would fall off and she would wave her own arm about. Oh my god, and raggy dolls. Yeah. Then she would use it to get out of the... The reject bin. Oh god, it's actually all coming back now. It's horrible. Like, see the um, the boat in Rosie and Jim was called Drag Doll. What was it? Oh yeah, in the old Drag Doll. Rosie and Jim. Rosie and Jim. Rosie and Jim in the old Drag Doll. Although that was another one where Johnny, when we were wee, so there was the artist and his name was Johnny and he owned the Rag Doll and it was like Johnny. Oh, was that a man? Their stories. There was three owners, I think. Well, I was going to say, did the actor that played him? die and he was replaced by a woman but I don't think there was any explanation I think it was she was replaced by a woman with a dog no it was basically right. like the like the narrow boat just went through different owners ah. so like the first one John did, did Rosie and Jim kill them maybe <laughs> duck did as well I don't know that right. on it. Um, no John was an author so he would basically travel about on his boat and nice. he'd go off the boat and he'd go get ideas for his book and then Rosie oh, and Jim would he and like follow him around and stuff so they'd have their own adventures then the end he'd draw a picture of them and then the woman after that was pat hutchins and she was an illustrator so she again would do the same thing she'd ride about in the boat and then stop off in places to get ideas for her pictures and then they would laugh yeah they'd be like that always disturbed me i always thought that maybe they were like laughing in like destroy them or something (laughs) Jim's laugh Jim's laugh is another thing that like is etched in my brain because it was just a really creepy laugh it was a bit creepy and then there was the other guy Neil who he played his harmonica in the what you call it concertina thing he sounds like he deserves to die yeah (laughs) so each of the three people had like a purpose for using the boat and then they would come alive and go on adventures and stuff but he would never know and then Duck would be like would warn them when he was coming back so they could like go back to normal again but you would I think that if you purchased the boat and then the person was like, right, that's fine, I've cleared everything out, you'd be like, oh no, wait, you've left your fucking weird dog. <laughs> I think they belong to the boat, though. Like, they were theirs. I mean, that in itself is a terrifying concept. It pretty much is, yeah. <laughs> I'm now imagining the woman that bought the boat off of Johnny being like, excuse me, John, you've, you've left your terrifying <laughs> dolls in the boat, and John just turning around with his big bearded face and going, the dolls belong to the oh. boat. <laughs> and then disappearing into the mist. <laughs> 
so terrible. Well, like, geez, thank you. I, I think I loved. I think like I seem to have liked all these programs like that when I was little, where it was like You're dolls right. coming alive and having adventures. Even though now I'm terrified of dolls coming alive and like killing me or something. My I, favorite one when I was wee, which ties into well, I, I feel like we could put. I mentioned her last week, and I think we can put her together with the girl from the Queen's Nose and the boy from Bernard's Watch, and yeah. they universe to stand still and be the three rulers of the entire universe she's fucking amazing i wanted I to be penny, penny crayon you know how much i love sue pollard i told you this story that i met her very briefly and the what used to be bennett's gay club and yes, she Glasgow. Did, um, yeah. mm-hmm. she's fucking amazing like she's so cool I would love I to be just whatever you want, just draw it and it comes alive. It's yeah, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, Penny Crayon is the story of Sue Pollard, but she's younger and her name's Penny Crayon. And she came with that explanation, she just has the ability that if she draws something, she can bring it to literally anything, she can make it real. So I think the examples in the song is that if she's hungry, she can draw herself a plate of fish and chips and then have fish yeah. and chips to eat. But she can also draw like an entire life-size Tyrannosaurus Rex on the side yeah. of the building with chalk. And so that's scary. Tyrannosaurus on people. Like <laughs> getting godlike powers. Yeah. Oh my God, I feel like you've just unlocked a memory, by the way, by saying that. Was that not made by the same people that made Family Ness? Yeah. <gasps> oh, I could Ness. never understand the theme tune to that. You can something, 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 but you'll never find a Nessie in the zoo. I need, what, are, what are the lyrics to that? Something, 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 you can go to Timbuktu, but you'll never find a Nessie in the zoo. Wasn't that incredibly racist towards Scottish people? Maybe. Um, Probably. I don't know. Family. They were like all fake Scottish. They were awful. Yeah. It's a stereotypical family nest lyrics. Oh, my God. So, yeah, maybe Penny Crayon drew them and then they became real. Maybe. Where Nessie came from. Maybe Penny oh Crayon my God. drew Harmony's weird uncle and his magic coin, and that maybe Penny Crayon's the explanation for all of everything else. Penny Crayon is the god of kids' television. So the lyrics to the family Ness is Mac Toot blows on his bagpipes. He's one of the Nessie things, or no, I don't know. While <laughs> Elspeth and Angus watch, those notes go floating across the waves. Ferociousness appears at once, ferociousness appears at once and grabs an order or two for lunch, crunch, crunch, and the whole of the family Ness is not too far behind. Sportiness leaps over him, turns upside down and dies back in, and the beautiful, lovely Ness shows she's a kissing kind. Oh my god, um, she's a girl, she has to be slutty. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Eyewitness comes up for air and taking notes without a care, then turns with a crash and a bash and a splash to the family-ness. Oh and then God. it goes, you can knock, you can knock it, you can rock it, you can go to Timbuktu, but you'll never find an Essie in the zoo. You may see an anaconda or a giraffe or a kangaroo, but you'll never see an Essie in the zoo. Oh, well, there we go. That's the lyric. Oh, well, there we go, indeed. That was um, Yeah, and it's got, the characters are Mr. McTout, a bagpipe playing Scotsman, Agnes McTout, Mc, Mr. McTout, <laughs> fucking, I can't even say it, Mr. McTout's son, Elspeth McTout, the daughter, and then there's Sergeant McFuzz. Local polis. You just sound wrong. Professor Dumpkopf, who's a mad professor trying to c- catch. Professor what, Kopf. sorry? It's Professor Dumpkopf, not Dumpkopf. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought you said something else, yeah. 
And then there's all the nesses. So there's Barocious Ness. It likes to frighten passers-by and can change colour. Her highness, I'd like to think that she gets like high literally all the time. Yeah, she's like the Laganja <laughs> Shranja of <laughs> monsters. But she's the queen of the Nessies and gave Angus and Elspeth whistles. Um, filled with a weed. baby Ness as well. Yeah, Clever Ness is just a Clever Nessie. And then there's Speedy Ness. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fastness, yeah, sportiness and loveliness, who's just the slut, basically. Is there again only one girl? Yeah. Except the queen. No, there's the queen, and then there's cleverness. I think he's a boy. Yeah, there's only two women. Do you know what? If cleverness was a girl, I'd let them off with it, because if they were like, there's three, one of them's like in charge of everything, one of them's the smartest, and one of them's a slag, I'd be like, ah, that's fine. It's a good representation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, Mark, thanks for that. I just, I totally forgot about that. Nice to love that. Thanks so much. Listen, listen, listen. Oh my god. It's a good song. Oh, that's brilliant. Beautiful. Uh, where's the... I'll try and find the penny. Ben, I don't ben, remember the penny um, crayon. She likes. Do yeah. you? The no, penny I... crayon. She draws anything she wishes. Cats, dogs, crocodiles. and I think it says plates of fish and... I don't know. Right, I'm going to play it. Right, here we go. Penny There's the chips and fish. A snake. Oh, what a bitch. so much better than like kids once today. The reason I said what a bitch there is because at the end of that penny crayon, like I'm watching the video of it, she draws a snake. Then the snake slivers and um, goes up uh, like a lamppost and then stretches itself out. And then a man comes around the corner carrying a massive cake and trips over the snake and falls into the cake. I mean, again, she has the ability to make anything (laughs) and control it. She could have made the man eat. She could have made the snake bite the man's heart out. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You'd be thankful that our our god Penny Crayon is a lenient god. Should do like a Marvel Avenger style um, film of all those sort of cartoons with Penny Crayon. Yeah, imagine the Ness, the Ness family, and uh, imagine <laughs> Penny Crayon Harmony from The Queen's Nose and Bernard yeah. from Bernard Watch were adults and were Angelo. evil. Like you would need the Avengers to stop them. Yeah, they would be proper supervillains. Would they'd be amazing? <laughs> would be like a sidekick guy, like you could just jump in and. <laughs> Because he don't know, you don't know what he does. <laughs> you need to get him pumping up, pumped up before he turns into a dog, or so you think. Because you don't but actually know what. But he's not entirely sure. 
But they, honestly, all those theme tunes are so much better than all the kids' programs now. Like, they're actually yeah. catchy songs. They were catchy. But yeah. I, she, I, she's a bit of TV as well. That's just made by the same people as Rosie and Jim. No, I don't. Yeah, he's, yeah that, I quite like Tots TV. No, no, didn't like. I was too old for that. They had that wee weird scraggly dog and Mm-mm. I'm a tut and she's a tut no. it's fucking horrible I hate that song so much <laughs> thanks for that no 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 I think my younger siblings used to watch that to be honest yeah, I was yeah I'm guessing John used to watch it but I was really into the dog I thought the dog was great crossover oh. with Woof <laughs> they've captured Woof and he's He's forever in the dog forms. So he can't turn into a boy again. Maybe Woof just... Sorry, yes. Right. No, it's okay. Cool. I was going to say, maybe the boy from Woof turns into a ragdoll dog, and then when people are like, why are you a ragdoll dog now? He's like, I don't know, maybe I have the cold. <laughs> 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 Could be anything, couldn't it? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No, I was going to say, I think all the programs that I really liked when I was little were all these ones of, like, kind of magical things coming alive and having new adventures and things. Because I used to also love, this was when I was quite young, um, Brum, with the car that would come alive. Yeah. Do you know why he was called Brum? Adventures. I used to love Brum. He was, like, he was so cute. And he'd go home at the end of the day all tired. <laughs> it was like, I never watched that. No. Brum was really cute. Really, really cute. I hated Noddy. Naughty. Yeah, I didn't like Naughty. I also hated Naughty. But then it's Enid Blyton, so Enid Blyton's shit. Like, ugh, racist. Oh my god. How's she racist? Because she would have, like, she would name, she actually named a dog, I think, Blackie or something back in the 30s. I used to read all of I feel like you should fact check which one it is. I mean, either way, it's bad, but. Because I, I read all the, like, Famous Five and Secret Seven books. Love yeah, I just think it's too jolly hockey stick, so let's all, you know, go yeah. on a, a, a jolly English adventure. Nah, yeah. it was, nah. it's very middle class English and posh. And ginger stuff. beer. No. Yeah, they're almost drinking their ginger beer. <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping a paedophile would come and get them. Oh, my God. Again, I don't know if, what it would be like if I read them now. Like, if they're. My good. sister loved them, but nah, I think they're like the British equivalent of the Nancy Drew books. Yeah, we're actually. Really into that. Like, sort of. Um, I loved the Goosebumps book when they were out. Loved and Point Horrors. Do you remember Point Horrors? Yeah. I think was... like, I read every single Point Horror in the School Bride Library. Every single one. Oh, I bought them out of um, bargain books. Do you remember bargain <laughs> books? I used to collect them from there. Oh, no, I read them all, and then when I was finished them, then I was allowed to go into the young adult section. <laughs> And then I started reading um, Stephen King books and didn't really like them that much. That was your gateway drug to the, the yeah. harder stuff, the point Basically, horrors? Yeah, because I remember yeah. seeing the librarian, like, oh, finished all the point horrors. Like, do you have anything else that's the same? And she's like, well, actually, maybe you can start reading the, the young adult ones. So I started reading some of them. And then maybe a year later, I got to go to the adult section and got all the Stephen King books. That librarian's awesome. <laughs> She's like, come to the secret section at the back of the library. We've got so some like, oh my special God. stuff for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Kids TV, the the golden era of kids TV and and you, the UK sort of ended because you don't get it ended with like the satellite streaming services and stuff like that because there wasn't a dedicated hour 
in the mornings anymore for I miss that actually you know you used to get really cool Saturday morning television for kids just for kids like I think it started in the 70s with like Tiswas and Swap Shop and then moved on to like live and kicking going live and I think it ended with Dick and Dom and the bungalow that type of thing yeah, oh my god, you just remember like remember it's like live and kicking and all that, but they used to also be like the broom cupboard. Yeah, like, yeah, that oh yeah. This last week where they yeah, that was afternoon. The broom cupboard. That was when you came home from school. That the afternoon. And the broom cupboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was on BBC. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I've never thought about that actually. Where when we grew up, you had set TV times for kids, like in the morning for an hour, and then after school for like an yeah. hour or two, and then it was tell you off, have your dinner, and pretty much go to go bed. bed. Yeah. So, up watching telly but then once we got cable then it was just on all the time all the time like 24 hours yeah we had the cartoon network children's channel do you remember that's where i first seen on cable the children's channel american shows such as lamb chops lamb chops play along fucking barney the dinosaur barney really creepy kids like the children on that show they all sang in a really creepy way do you know what i mean Uh it was just a bit like what the hell's wrong with these kids um, Almost they were like too happy and they all sounded the same, like little pod children. Got this weird purple dinosaur singing, mm-hmm. I love you, you oh. love me. Like, what the hell? Like, why? Lamp chops. Why? I always thought it was kind of cruel to call a little lamp puppet lamb chops. <laughs> and they'd sing that, this is the song that never ends. Yeah, to used to sing that all the time in school, like in primary school. So it would annoy everyone. Oh, it's annoying. Um, but yeah, I feel like the programmes we grew up with, they just, they just don't exist really anymore. They, they just exist on like the Disney Channel, which is yeah. now Disney Plus, and then you've got CITV's got an entire channel as well, there's CBBS as well. Yeah. So it's CBB basically 27. on all the time, so there's not going to be like a set hour where you're, you sit down and watch it, yeah. and if you miss it, that's it, you can't get it, but you can't watch it again. Yeah. Um, and you, nowadays, you can just watch it anytime you want, it's just there. And that's why parents probably just put the CBB channels on and then shove their yeah. kids in front of the TV and that's it. Like, like, I feel like our programmes are like a lot simpler as well. Mm. Like, like I remember even watching Sooty. That's literally like oh, a wee Like, Sooty was so lovely and I absolutely loved that. And um, also, I always thought that Sweep, who, right, so Sooty, for guys that don't know outside the UK what the fuck Sooty is, started off in the 1960s by, what was it? That's one of the longest running. Harry, I think, was the guy who invented Sooty. I can't remember. He's what was the name of the guy that we watched? Matthew. 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 So Matthew's dad was Harry, and he Harry Corbett, and his son was Matthew. And Harry Corbett invented that. He basically came up with a puppet called Sooty, who was mute, and it was a yellow bear with black ears. That's why he was called Sooty. And then he had companion Sweep, who was a dog. And then there was Sue, who was a panda bear. And Sue was the only one out of the puppets that would speak. And Sweep was like a squeaky thing. So he had like a squeaker inside him. So he was, (laughs) so he sounded to me like he was swearing sometimes. Oh, that's good. Yeah, maybe a wee bit. Like, he always seemed a bit angry because he'd be like, yeah. And so he had to always like bang on the table and then whisper in Matty's ear. And it was it just always yeah. seemed like she was trying really hard not to swear because she was surrounded by incompetence. Yeah, basically. But yeah, it was just such a simple, lovely programme. And like, yeah, I think it went on for like 40 years or something. Like, I don't know. Sweet. 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 Swe
What is Mr. Mouse doing in my cornflakes? <laughs> Breaststroke. <laughs> the old ones are the best ones. <laughs> Come on, let's talk about this. Let's not be silly, shall we? Yeah, sweet, that is silly. <laughs> I'd imagine that sweep's telling Matthew to fuck off. Yeah, he's doing it right. He always keeps it angry. Yeah, that's the weird shit we would watch. <laughs> See, such a simpler time. <laughs> yeah, because there's again, those puppets are great because they're, there's apart from Sue, who I thought was a bit snotty. Well, th- you didn't know. No, Sue was a fucking boot. I don't. I, want, I didn't like her. I'm a suit man. If I'm anything, I'm a suit man. It may be because maybe I was a little bit of a tomboy back when I was a kid and I didn't really like girls. The girls. And I was also a pressy little mm-hmm. bitch that would walk into a kitchen and be like, oh dear, why have people made all this mess? Yeah, because <laughs> Sue was like a party pepper. She would ruin everything. She was always like, come on, let's be sensible. Let's be sensible and all this shit. And I just wanted the chaos. Oh, she was like the mum that had to just look after them all, though, that's why. When they were all just causing chaos. What was Matthew then? The dad? I'd- Useless goon. I, I you're like trying to give them like roles. I don't know. He just kind of. Well, that's why I think Sue was always like just one inch away from Sweden because she would always take gaps in her posh senses as well and be like, "Well, I left the room for just a second, and now all this wool is everywhere." And you're like, "She really wants to scream, you fucking arsehole." <laughs> okay. Do um, something, Matthew. Look after the house properly, Matt. We're going to have to stop right now because my sister's calling me wanting some help with something. So, oh. sorry, guys, but yeah, that's okay it's over. Sue would tell you to give your sister that help. Yeah, yeah I feel like my sister is Sue and she's just ruining the party right now. And I want to be sweet going... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I think we should bring back all these programmes. Yeah, but would... If, Watching them again, like even when I watched Make an Angelo, I'm just thinking, yeah, I, as an adult, they're just not the same. But that Are was me as a child, though. So. Mm, I'd still watch, like, I watched old episodes of Art Attack, and I fucking yeah. love that. I wouldn't watch any episodes of Rolf Harris Cartoon yeah. uh, Club because I, I used to love watching that as well, but now that he's a big nonce. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. That, to be fair. <laughs> I love the Rolf Harris show. Oh my god. So. What are we going to talk about next week? What's going to be the topic for next week, Mark? It's your turn to pick a number. Oh, it? yeah. What is it? What between? are we? One to 15. Ooh. I'm going to go with 14. 14? You're wild, you are. Wow. Serial uh, killers. Oh, oh, yes. I like that. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh, there's so many serial killers. Like yeah, that one should just be on the list all the time. I know what one I'm going to talk about. Right. Okay. Cool. Right. Well. That's been a, a podcast about our nostalgia. It's basically a nostalgic podcast, really. I mean, we haven't really focused on much, have we, this week? So, well, that's it. And thank you for listening to another episode of Crystal Myth Podcast. And we hope that you'll tune in next week. Or, you know, you can listen to any of our episodes in any order you fucking want. It's not the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you do you. Yeah, whatever. So, bye. Bye. Crystal. Man.